African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama. Thank you for joining us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. We're on DSTV on Channel 802. You can stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're going to revisit an event that I had the privilege to go to last week, which was Looking at Maritime Heritage, it was an event that was uh, taking place last week during World uh, uh, Maritime uh, Day. And a very fantastic event indeed. So we're going to be looking at that event and what actually took place and how maritime can be a heritage for each African country. But uh, before we get into that, let's get our news. We've got Onel Nsinzi standing by. Thank you, Benjamin. Taking a look at your headlines, a sixth secret ballot by the United Nations Security Council will for the first time on Wednesday indicate which candidate will they are prepared to block. Over 4,000 migrants have been saved and 28 bodies recovered in more than 30 rescue missions off the Libyan coast on Tuesday. And Verts University students in South Africa hold a mass meeting to discuss Tuesday night's meeting between management students and other role players. A sixth secret ballot by the United Nations Security Council will for the first time on Wednesday indicate which candidates they are prepared to block. The 15-member council is aiming to reach consensus on a replacement for Ban Ki-moon of South Korea, who will step down at the end of the year after two five-year terms. Former Portuguese Prime Minister Antonio Guterres is likely to be the next UN Secretary General as he has come out on top over the five closed-door polls since July. Over 4,600 migrants have been saved and 28 bodies recovered in more than 30 rescue missions off the Libyan coast on Tuesday. This brings the total rescued in the last 48 hours to more than 10,000 refugees and the death toll to 50. The latest surge is in new arrivals means at least 142,000 migrants have reached Italy since the start of the year, making this a perilous trip. The vast majority is reported to be coming from Africa, including Nigeria, Eritrea, Guinea, Gambia, Sudan, Ivory Coast and Somalia. Verts University students in South Africa are on Wednesday holding a mass meeting to discuss Tuesday night's meeting between management, students and other role players. Students will then meet mediators in an effort to end the deadlock over fees which led to violent clashes on campus between police and students earlier on Tuesday. The university will hold a general assembly later this week. reports. Uh, the mediator of the management are also expected to meet at noon to plan for Friday's General Assembly 
and and out the details of agreement. Uh, the student leadership is also in support of the General Assembly. Uh, they say this could be a platform to resolve the concerns that we have at the university. Uh, the university has promised to withdraw the police at the perimeter to the campus, but a larger police contingent is seen at the campus. However, the situation remains calm. Delegates from across South Africa are on Wednesday paving a way forward on what could be done in order to avoid the ever-growing risks in human health as a result of air pollution. Wednesday is the last day of the 11th annual air quality governance Lekhotla sitting where officials from national, provincial and local level shared their experience on dangers faced by thousands residing at mostly industrial-based areas. Abongile Dumako has more. This year's Lekhotla sitting in Bombela in Bumalanga will focus on identifying and prioritizing ways to improve air quality in the country by 2020. The three-day air quality governance Lekhotla organized by the Department of Environmental Affairs has identified the Val Triangle in Gauteng and the High Felt in Bumalanga as air pollution hotspots. Judy Beaumont is from the Department of Environmental Affairs. In the hotspot areas, like in the in the Val Triangle or in the Highfelt area, where there are air quality hotspots or air pollution hotspots um, associated with um, high levels of industry um, or many of our uh, coal-fired uh, power generation facilities, there is a high level of um, of, of air pollution. Uh, particulate matter in in some instances and that affects people's lungs, it affects um, people's health. Officials from all spheres of government say that in terms of the 2012 National Framework Programme that has been implemented, improved And finally, the United Nations peacekeeping chief is urging Sudan to shed light on allegations of chemical weapons attacks in Darfur. An Amnesty International report accuses Sudanese government forces of carrying out more than 30 chemical attacks this year in villages of Darfur. Russian Ambassador Vitaly Chukin, whose country holds the council presidency this month, says a team from UNAMED could also be dispatched to the area and could come to the conclusion that those reports are not accurate. Now, recapping on your top story is a sixth secret ballot by the United Nations Security Council will, for the first time on Wednesday, indicate which candidates they are prepared to block. Over 4,000 migrants have been saved and 28 bodies recovered in more than 30 rescue missions off the Libyan coast on Tuesday. And Verts University students in South Africa hold a mass meeting to discuss a Tuesday night meeting between management, students and other role players. Channel Africa News, I am Onelinsinsi. From the 15th of August, join Channel Africa at 900 Central African time from Monday to Thursday every week for the book reading. A Vision of Paradise by Kaysen Yatsumba. That's Monday to Thursday at 900 Central African time. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. 
You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Uh, remember, we're on uh, DSTV on Channel 802, on the audio bouquet, and on shortwave, we're on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Don't forget that you can download our mobile app. Uh, you can get it on Google Play. It's simply that. Uh, you just search uh, Channel Africa, and you can listen to us on your uh, phone, and uh, it's a very uh, good way to listen to us uh, via your phone uh, just go get our mobile app uh, you just go to the google play store and uh, you just simply download our channel africa radio um, application there how is maritime a part of heritage for african countries especially since the ocean economy and the shipping industry can be seen through the prism of africa's uh, colonial past this was the question posed last week at the maritime heritage project launched uh, uh, last week at the kharib uh, dam in the free state province of south africa the event hosted by the department of transport and the south african maritime safety authority aims to situate and advance the knowledge and engagement of our maritime heritage to explore this theme this theme rather two african national congress anti-apartheid veterans were invited to explore the party's uh, aventura liberation naval mission and it was interesting to see how the conversation actually created those links of how africans have been using the maritime experience for decades and it's not just uh, a way that we can see shipping or the maritime or the ocean economy through a uh, uh, colonial experience but joining us on the line we've got a commander one of the commanders of uh, the adventure uh, liberation naval mission uh, Fane Lembali who's one of the veterans who was there at the event which I had uh, a good opportunity to actually facilitate and moderate and also on the line we've got the acting CEO of uh, SAMSA uh, which is uh, uh, the South African Maritime Safety Authority Sobandu Tilai who's joining us as well on the line let me start with you commander in terms of the experience of the adventura a lot of africans might not know who are listening to us what the adventura was and how it was used as a, a key point for the anc anti-apartheid uh, uh, mission give us a little bit about the background and your involvement with the adventura commander with the um, execution of the struggle in the 1960s in particular, mm-hmm. it soon came to light that a route by land in order to engage with the apartheid op- oppressors as guerrilla fighters mm. was not going to be easy at all. Sure. And uh, this is why, therefore, uh, the attention was paid to other means of penetrating the territory of South Africa in order for the struggle to continue. I was therefore sent to into training in Baku, which was a, a Soviet Republic at the time, mm. uh, in order to train in navigation for the purpose of clandestine landing into South Africa, bringing in arms and weapons to start the fight against the regime. Mm. That was in the year 1967. But after that, there was a sort of a lull while I suppose, because I was not in those echelons, mm. 
tries were being made now to see how it could practically happen. This is why now in 1971, in my hands were put a group of fighters, guerrilla fighters of Mkonda were a platoon for me to, 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 to come along with, uh, on this mission. That happened uh, in, uh, in 1972, because in 1971 they had felt also mm. to go and acclimatize in the condition, to the conditions of the sea. Mm. They were not sailors. They needed in order for them to get used to the sea, uh, to acclimatize. So in 1971, uh, they joined uh, this group. Everybody who was selected joined in the group. So, therefore, in 1972, we began now to try and come this way. I had done this uh, before. I was able to uh, navigate, uh, not in a big way, but mm. for the purpose of landing along, this, along the cruise, I was able to, to do what I needed to do. <clears throat> so, therefore, uh, in 1972, we set off from... Kismayo airport in Somalia uh, to come down. But there were problems which mm. we had not anticipated. Mm. The, the ship was, was in the hands of being uh, sailed by a crew from a Greek island which was under Greece at the time, the island of Cyprus. Mm. And these people were at the time also trying to liberate themselves from what they called uh, colonial regime uh, of peace. Mm. So they were they, they, they were they were they were given to us for that purpose, the purpose of sailing us down and bringing the the ship back. Mm. Uh, but what happened is that uh, apparently they got wind of the type of the real purpose of the ship was not just to uh, an innocent one. They were not told everything about us. Uh, they, we were a secret group that uh, they should also not know about. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the news could spread all, spread all over the country. Mm-hmm. But when they got to know exactly the purpose of our platoon, they became afraid. They became afraid, and they, unfortunately, uh, whether it was by design or by chance, when they... Uh, were sailing the ship around the coast of South Africa from the Atlantic to the Indian Ocean. When they landed in Simonstown, they met uh, officers of also the sea, but South African uh, security. Mm. And uh, it fell into the knowledge of, the, of that uh, authority, uh, security, that uh, we were actually coming uh, whatever time from then on. So therefore, the scheme uh, was that they must be they were given a powder mm. in order to disable the, uh, the, the the ship by blowing the engine. 
Mm. Well, we're going to come back to that narrative, uh, uh, Commander. I want to uh, just uh, uh, take a quick break and we'll explore some of uh, the features of the Aventura because I think your narrative is very interesting. And also it's such a, a peripheral issue which we should centralize on the issue of how maritime was used as an anti-apartheid vessel. And it's very interesting to hear that narrative. And when we come back, I want to come to the acting CEO of SAMSA, Subantu and just uh, really look at uh, maritime as a heritage because of the uh, uh, you know economy, the sea economy, the ocean economy. There seems to be a lot of potential that we can untap not only as South Africans but as as a continent, which is something that he highlighted at the event that was taking place as part of the uh, World Maritime Day celebrations last week. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with our guests. Change your game. your game. Be the voice of young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Your game. A program that promotes open discussion. Change your game. We bring social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the global entrepreneurship ecosystem. Our mission is to produce relevant and vibrant content and conduct interviews with dynamic stakeholders within the African entrepreneurial ecosystem that informs educates and entertains and empowers young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Change your game. Empowering the next generation of outstanding African entrepreneurs. Tune in on Fridays, 1000 hours to 10.45 a.m. Central African time. And on Saturdays, 1300 hours to 1400 hours Central African time. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is African Dialogue, where we zoom into conversations of the continent every day from Monday to Thursday at 11 Central African time. And uh, remember that uh, you are listening to us on uh, the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa on DSTV 802. That's the channel that's on the audio bouquet. I want to come to you, Acting CEO of Samsa Sobantu Dilai. Sorry to keep you waiting, but we had to start with that um, uh, brief uh, look back at the adventurer linking heritage to the maritime experience of South Africa. And looking at maritime, it does have so many possibilities, not just as heritage, but as an economic hub by itself. Tell us a little bit about the thoughts that you see as the acting CEO of SAMSA in terms of this regard of how we can move maritime forward linking to the issue of heritage. Thanks, uh, Benjamin, and good day to your listeners. Um, we thought being in charge of the oil matters maritime in the country, mm. that it would assist us uh, to a reposition also the historical elements. First of all, um, Benjamin, uh, you know, there's a narrative that says uh, Vasco da Gama, when he discovered the sea route to India, mm is the first explorer that landed on our shores. Um, actually, there's uh, more history and proven fact that, in fact, it was Zenke, um was Chinese, who would have been here um, on the east coast of Africa a few years <coughs> earlier than Vasco da Gama. And such is the situation that we thought we would need to correct um, and, and, and build our own heritage. 
But coming back to the issue of heritage again, it is um, to us very apparent that South Africa is a maritime nation. Mm. Uh, If you consider the fact that all our trade is over the high seas and is so dependent on maritime lines of communication for our economy to continue to exist. And and thus then um, brought us to an idea that says, well, these ships were used um, by the colonizers that came here. And the apartheid government, when there were the anti-apartheid movement, mm. when there were sanctions that were um, against, uh, that were meant at bringing down the apartheid state, that um, they used all sorts of measures to keep the seas and their, their trade going, and they would have reflected their ships elsewhere in order for them to keep the economy going. Mm. But, uh, but then uh, it brought, that is just the one end of the apartheid state to perpetuate their hold over the, 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 the state. But then um, it occurred to us that we need this narrative that says to what extent did the liberation movements get to, 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 to try and use disease just to free this country. And on top of it, to this day, if you look at all the wrecks, mm. because it's a very, very treacherous coastline, sure. And we've had a whole host of ships floundering on our coastline. And that whole thing brings a story that has not been told before, to say, but what exactly is um, this, the value of our heritage from a maritime point of view? And so our, 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 our initiative is to try and piece all of, those three, all of those issues together to seek to balance the narrative that we need to tell about our maritime heritage. And with it, hopefully, we're going to see a whole lot of tourism and a whole lot of other economic mm. activities spinning out of that. Mm. I want to come back to uh, uh, Commander Mbali in terms of looking at the adventura itself, because I think we need to unpack what the adventura was in terms as a vessel. Uh, Commander Mbali, where was the adventura from? How did we actually... How did it get into the hands of the MK uh, or the African National Congress? Can you tell us a little bit about how that transition took place or that transaction took place? Uh, well, without going uh, <clears throat> deep into the story, because mm. uh, some of the things what, what some of the things that were done were done uh, different in different platforms, and mm. one is it can, cannot be in all of them. Uh, what I understood, what hello? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here with you, Commander. Okay. What I understood was that the Aventura was a ship that belonged to an Italian, very rich person, mm. and he was. It was his personal uh, property that he was using to cruise around and you know it in Southern Germany. But he was able to sell it to the African National mm. Congress. Uh, the African National Congress, therefore, was able to use this vessel for whatever purpose that it needed. But it was bought particularly for this mission of lending men and weapons into South Africa. Mm. And also, then, this, so, yes. con- continue, Commander. Yeah, yes. Yes. I don't know if uh, it, it was used mm. with us. It was used for that purpose. It mm. may have been used for other purposes as well. Mm. But where I come in is to try and say, 
terms of sizing up and, and maybe uh, and, and bringing board, on board the story of the heritage about South Africans being involved for so long and so in the same business. They are going to uh, contribute by making it possible that an inroad could be made into the territory of South Africa, which was insulated from all sides from attacks by a guerrilla army or anybody. So, therefore, this is what I would like to stress, that the Aventura was made to fulfill purposes other than just maybe trade, but also the liberation of the the people of South Africa Mm. took part in that. Mm. You know, uh, I can see you're most interested in the fact that, you know, this history is so rich in terms of just the, the context of where we are in our country right now, especially when we are trying to define our ourselves from a colonial past. I know we've had this huge uh, movement within the universities that roads must fall aligned to the issue of uh, heritage and that kind of a theme. But, you know, heritage is not destroying buildings. It's not always uh, removing statues. Sometimes it's just... Uh, repositioning that history to be retold in light of uh, the transition of a nation. When it comes to our maritime repositioning in terms of ownership, in terms of also making sure that we also diversify the market itself and also inclusion of those who are previously disadvantaged within the markets, I'm sure that's a very complex but a move that we need to make as a country. That is correct. Okay. Um. Uh, sure. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, uh, Commander. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was trying to say... Hello? I'm here, I'm here, Commander. I'm I was here. saying... Can I, okay. I was saying that the story of the South, of, of South Africans as a nation and the sea also, of course, has got to be interrupted through history mm. by such episodes as colonialism mm. and so on. You see what I'm talking about. Mm. Yes, therefore, therefore, as a result of that, there's something that is very surprising to me. We have a long coastline stretching from Namibia to Mozambique. Mm. And if I find, I find, mm. maybe other people uh, will find also. But it is strange to me that South Africans do not rely very much on fish as food. Mm. Food that you, you, if you if you travel around Africa, you find that even the hinder is the hinterland of of Africa. Mm. People then live on fish mm. as if it is their daily it's their daily food. Mm. Uh, our our fish is not on on the dinner plate, for mm. instance. Mm. We will go and buy it when it's, it's like something that you you taste only at a certain at certain times. Mm. Whereas we have got fish that is afloat all over the coast of of South Africa, which is taken by other people, you know, from far off. Mm. Go to Korea, go. They take fish, and you know they will come and take the fish. Of course, not by fair means. At the mm. same time, now I'm trying to establish that maybe I, I have no proof of this, but it might just be that we may have been living on fish 
In fact, I know that in the Western, uh, somewhere around the, in the, in the Western Cape, mm. there used to be those people who live by the sea and live on fish. Mm. And all this was taken away from them. And so forth. In other words, we can go back and find mm. and find proof of how the South Africans were maybe connected much, much closely mm. than we know now with the sea. Mm. Let me take that to the acting CEO of SAMSA, Subantu Tila. Your thoughts there on uh, repositioning the maritime economy in South Africa? Well, yeah, as, as, as we were saying, when we look at the maritime economy, we've got to get to derive value across the value chain of that economy. But because today we're talking heritage, mm. it is important to us that we give due credit to mm. all the contributors to that heritage. Okay. Um, a whole lot of credit we give to early explorers. A whole lot of heritage we give to those that would have um, 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 perpetuated certain things um, in respect of keeping the country going. And we thought that um, in order for us to get the entire balance within that space, it would help us to come up with a program that um, takes uh, whichever part of the narrative that you want to zoom in at the time. We've sank a whole lot of ships, and to this day, we continue to pick up a whole lot of um, 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 a whole lot of marine casualties. Mm, mm. And those casualties, some will come to trees, and they end up being um, beautiful dive sites. And so for us, there is a great deal of economy that you could develop. Mm. We have a whole lot of skills that you need to develop, your diving skills, your general skills that you require to exist. And uh, we thought that if we package that properly, you are able to, as addressing the unemployment in this country, mm. try and train people into different types of fields. Um, as I'm saying, to, to go to, to, to rock diving, to, to go to, to see that other side of, 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 of our maritime heritage that we don't ordinarily speak about. And hence, um, we like the partnership that we have with the like of yourself. We like the partnerships that we have with the like of the National Heritage Council because we're going to have to have put together a case that says, and from a heritage point of view, this is an economy that we are developing. And um, you would know that Operation Pakistan does not necessarily talk to issues of heritage, mm. but there is a specific approach to maritime tourism as it were. And if you are to expand that, then you get into the whole issue of cruise tourism, uh, into the whole issue of services that supply into the cruise tourism. Mm. And those are the areas that we're trying to zoom towards now to say, just as we're looking for more opportunities, we may as well consider what we already have. Mm. But how do we ensure that even in that system we have an inclusive um, community-based system whereby we have communities also infiltrated within this uh, diamond mine in a way, uh, you know, this new possibility of seeing maritime, uh, uh, Mr. Tilai? In that sense, I mean, um, I've attended a whole lot of what you call marine casualty. And if you look at those, people local to where these incidents okay. Mm. They have very, very interesting stories. Mm. You remember when a ship gets into trouble, they see it 
when a ship eventually runs aground, they would be there. You know, the stories of um, all the emergency response when people were flown off the ship that is about to flounder when the ships catch fire. And, and so there is a great deal of storytelling today mm-hmm. as incidents, okay? There's a great deal of, of knowledge that we have not tapped on. Mm-hmm. And uh, as part of developing that whole space, it does assist us to, to, to look into those communities more than just the sites of hosting people, your PNB, your local tourism. Mm. But there's a depth of knowledge that we have not begun to contest, <coughs> such mm. that then we would be able to put together narratives and we would be able to put together stories from those that would have been there, that would have seen the things that we have seen. And um, our packaging then has to, as a matter of necessity, include those locals that have got value to add. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and wrap up this conversation. Uh, we're looking at uh, uh, the launch of the Maritime Heritage Project that was launched last week at the Kharib Dam in the Free State Province in South Africa. The event was hosted alongside the Department of Transport and the South African Maritime Safety Authority, which is an agency under the Department of Transport. What are your thoughts? How do we actually stimulate and create a vibrant maritime environment for the continent of Africa? Africa. Give us your thoughts. Plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's our SMS number. You can also email us your thoughts on this program and email us at info at channelafrica.org. You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. The time right now is eleven thirty-three Central African time. We're gonna take a quick break and then wrap up this conversation. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You are listening to Channel Africa. My name is Benjamin Moshatama. This is African Dialogue. Remember, every day we bring you big conversations on the continent of Africa from Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. How do we reposition maritime as a a heritage for African countries? How do we change reasserting that uh, uh, narrative from just looking at it from a, a prism of Africa's colonial past and seeing it rather through a form of a heritage? 
heritage that we can actually, you know, all benefit from. And that's what we're talking about. This was the issue that was brought forward at last week's Maritime Heritage Project that was launched in the Free State Province in South Africa at the Harib Dam. Such a beautiful venue, such a beautiful place in itself. I had the opportunity to be part of the experience. And uh, today we're revisiting this uh, conversation to look back at uh, some of the issues that came out at the event. We joined on the line by the acting CEO of SAMSA, the South African Maritime Safety Authority, Sobantu Tilai. And also we've got on the line Commander Fanele Mbali, who is an anti-apartheid veteran who was part of the Aventura Liberation Naval Mission, which has a huge history now that we're trying to bring back into the center of the maritime history in South Africa. But, you know, Commander Fanele Mbali, it's interesting to see people being more interested. The awareness is going out there about Aventura Liberation Naval Mission in itself. And I'm sure that it actually does please you in terms of seeing something that may have been peripheral or on the sidelines, something that was not noticed before, actually getting some attention. What does this mean to you to see the story of the adventurer getting uh, noticed, getting a bit of airplay and people understanding more about the adventurer? Um, thank you. Uh, I am of the opinion that we are getting somewhere, although uh, definitely not in a pace uh, that one would recommend, in the sense that I do think that the Aventura and other stories of the South Africans and the sea would play a very big and important role in uh, developing the people of South Africa. We are a developmental state, mm-hmm. and uh, the sea, as far as I'm, uh, I, I can see, uh, can help us in the way that we will develop faster in the now and longer in the future for people to actually claim their spot where they belong among nations. We cannot have a wide coast that is South African owned but is used by other people. We think that uh, the also uh, possibility if it could be found for the Aventura per se if it could be retrieved from wherever it is, it would also be a very good thing for it to come back to South Africa where it is owned by the people, mm-hmm. and then the people would be able to see where they have been, what they have been doing and where they are in terms of their own liberation, which was achieved not just by one way of doing things, but also by way of using such strategies as are taken by sea. Mm, mm. Uh, um, Mr. Tilai, it's, it's interesting to also see that uh, the Maritime Day theme that was very prevalent at the gathering last week was shipping indispensable to the world. And that seemed to be something that you also spoke uh, around on the last day of the event, which was very much of interest to me on how actually we can tap into more resources in the future, not only from a heritage perspective, but also from the economic view. Go ahead, Mr. Tilai. It is true. Um, we, we, we really, really, that mantra is what we hope and, and wish for South Africans to, to fully, fully um, um, realize. 
And as uh, my good commander Mbali is saying, that we've got 3,000 kilometers of coastline. Mm. And um, we, our, our um, uh, materials, our raw materials must go over the high seas. Um, our fuel must come from the high seas. Our goods must come from the high seas. So the whole issue of the existence of our economy is predicated on a healthy uh, maritime trade that we need. And we owe that the existence of this whole country in that. And this is the message that we would like to embed into the South African psychic, that um, without this then we do not have a country as we know it. Mm. And, 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 and that is just one part. But more importantly, Benjamin, is the fact that South Africa is located halfway between the Far East and the Far West, whether you're talking Europe or North America or South America and China on the other side and all those other countries, you dead bang in the middle. And um, I use an example to say mm. that what do you do if you are situated halfway through a very long road? You put a, a shell stop, you put an ultra city, mm. uh, an ultra shell, mm. a feeling station, and uh, South Africa has got the one opportunity of creating huge economic activity out of the shipping that passes our coastline. And as we're saying that, um, we're going to have to weave all of these issues together. There is value to our economy. There is the value to be derived by our economy from passing traffic. There is value to be derived by our economy from the heritage that we're sitting with. There's mm-hmm. history. That must go with everything else. Um, the the, the Mendy and all the people that sang with the Mendy, as we say in the Aventura. So it's all the beautiful stories that we need to put together, all adding to the idea that says uh, that the shipping embassies are indispensable to South Africa. Mm. And it's fantastic to actually hear this narrative because there lie so many possibilities in this respect. We could actually take the trajectory of African economies to another level if we really uh, invest in, in, in this regard and what you're highlighting there, Mr. Tilai. But that's how we have to wrap it up. Thank you to both of you for giving us this uh, very interesting narrative on how maritime can become heritage. And the story of the Aventura is one that's still, still one that is still... Uh, great theme and I hope that one day we'll be able to rediscover that Aventura and also embark on a a way of taking that history forward, that history knowledge forward. But thank you to Acting CEO of Samsa Sobantu Tilai. Thank you as well to uh, Commander Fane Limbali for giving us their time on our show today. Thank you Benjamin. Thanks. That's how we wrap it up. Hey, what are your thoughts around maritime becoming heritage? Something that maybe we don't look at it in that way. Maybe we just see it as a transport mode. But actually, it can become a form of heritage, as we heard from both of our guests today. Give us your thoughts. Remember, you can uh, give us your thoughts on SMS on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero, or you can email us at info at channelafrica.org. Today we went on to a history path, but also we looked into the current, the present, and also the future. Thank you to our guests for being part of the program. Before we get into our economics news there's music by Matawin Kosi this one is titled African Sunrise
One is uh, Makawin Kosi African Sunrise, 11.45 Central African Time. And uh, it's time for us to get our business news from Musani Matebula. Thanks, Benjamin, and good morning. The Democratic Republic of Congo plans to make all of its large-scale agricultural contracts public. This in an effort to increase transparency over land deals and improve management of natural resources. DRC will provide summaries of the deals, including social, environmental, and fiscal provisions, as well as tools for comparing contracts in an online database, which will be linked to global land database, openlandcontracts.org. See Zuma reports. Africa's second largest country by geographical area is rich in land, minerals and other natural resources. But conflict and corruption have kept many of its 81 million people in poverty. Campaigners say investment in the country's fertile farmland could help boost development. But large-scale land deals must take into account the land rights of local populations and subsistence farmers. TRC aims to disclose an estimated 20 agricultural contracts by early 2017. Zimbabwe is losing at least one billion U.S. dollars annually to corruption with their police and local government officials among the worst offenders. This according to Transparency International. Social media groups such as uh, This Flag and uh, Tajamuka have cited corruption in President Robert Mugabe's government and police roadblocks where money is taken from motorists as uh, among the main reasons for protests that have rocked uh, the Southern African nation in the last few months. Brett Wilkinson reports. Transparency International Zimbabwe, TIZ, said the police, local councils, the vehicle inspection department that issues driving licenses and the education department were among the most corrupt institutions. The organization says the resulting 
institutionalization and systemization of corruption in Zimbabwean political and economic spheres has been extensive. Police spokeswoman Charity Charamba said she could not immediately comment. The International Monetary Fund says Ghana's inflation rate should decline to 13.5% by the end of the year from 16.9% in August. Uh, the country should also reach the government's inflation target by the middle of next year. Ghana Central Bank's inflation target stands at 8% plus or minus 2 percentage points. The country is in year two of a three-year IMF program worth 918 million US dollars meant to restore fiscal stability after falling commodity prices hit the economy. And the exploitation of African mineral resources is expected to be among the focal points at the World Federation of Trade Union Congress, which starts in Durban on Wednesday. Hundreds of delegates representing trade unions from across the world have converged on the city. South African President Jacob Zuma will be among the speakers. World Federation of Trade Unions General Secretary George Mavrikos. We as trade unions, we need to pay attention for the rights of workers, first of all, at the same time to radicalize the struggles of workers to overcome from the system of uh, capitalism. This is our task as unions, to unite workers, <coughs> all workers, to put out the differences of color, religious, uh, language, uh, gender, etc., etc., to unite all workers. And Zambia's tax platform says government should negotiate a tax progressive IMF bailout package. The platform has observed that the country's fiscal deficit expanded from 5.5% of the GDP to 8.1% last year. Zambia's tax platform has stressed uh, that uh, given the country's myriad of economic hardships, the need for fiscal consolidation was paramount. Financial indicators, the dollar, 13.66, South of Andrens, 10.32, Botswana Pula, and 9.96, Zambian Kwacha. It is also at 0.78 to the British pound, and it remains static at 0.89 against the euro. Commodities, gold, $1,274, platinum, $991, and uh, the price of brand crude oil has gone up by one notch, now at $51.30 per barrel. That's your economics news for now. Well, it's time for us uh, to actually move on and get our uh, sports news. I see the two guys are busy having a discussion about business news. I didn't know sports people were like feel into business, but hey, don't pigeonhole a person. Don't do that. But anyway, let's move on and get our business news from Figila Lingwati. First up in our sports update this hour, starting off with swimming news. South Africa's Chad Leclaw delivered gold-winning performances in the 50-meter and 200-meter butterfly events on day one of the Dubai League of the FINA Swimming World Cup last night. Hungary's Katinka Hozu also grabbed the headlines by clinching gold in four events, the 200-meter free, 5-meter back, 200-meter IM, and 800 meters, and silver in the 100-meter fly and 200-meter backstroke. 
50-meter breaststroke world record holder Cameron van der Berg of South Africa was absent last night, but his countryman, Ronald Schumann, represented the nation in this event by ranking fourth. The winner of the event was Felipe Lima of Brazil, who also won the race last weekend in Beijing. Schumann took second place in the 50-meter butterfly, which was won by Leclerc as expected. Leclerc, the South African champion who, with his two Rio Olympic silver medals, became South Africa's most decorated Olympian in history, impressed in Dubai by grabbing gold in the 200-meter fly in 1 minute, 49.71 seconds. Into football news, Bafana Bafana have left for Ouagadougou, hoping for a good start in the opening 2018 Russia FIFA World Cup qualifier. Bafana will face Burkina Faso, eager to get the start. They desperately need to restore confidence in the team. Positive results are a must for Sheikh Mashaba's troops, having failed to book a spot in next year's Africa Cup of Nations. Mashaba remains hopeful that his side will perform well and says they've studied their opponents this time around. We've done so well away from home. We could only hope that it goes on because um, it is a good thing that we're starting the competition away from home. Winning away, then it might give us that um, sort of like uh, confidence when we come back play at home. We have been going through the clips, watching the strong players. They've got a couple of players playing out of the country in Europe. I think uh, those are the few players that we've got to guard. But uh, it is about the teamwork, not an individual. Bafana have suffered only one defeat against Burkina Faso and they will look to maintain that good record on Saturday. Kickoff time, 8 p.m. Central African time. And the race for a sport in the Russia 2018 FIFA World Cup gets underway this weekend with a pulsating clash between Zambia and Nigeria. Touted as a group of death with established powerhouses such as Algeria, Cameroon and Nigeria, Zambia's Chipolopolo would have their work cut out for them in Group B. The harsh reality remains that two of Africa's most decorated footballing nations will not make it to the finals in Russia as only the winners in their respective groups qualify for the quadrennial tournament. Botswana Football Association President McLean Litsuiti says his money is on Nigeria to prevail over Zambia. Isn't it, uh, isn't it some form of a draw? Should they, they should actually be sitting them. Our best, our best team should be seated you know, to play against the weaker teams so that at least the, the top teams are seated. They don't have to play among each other. That is going to be a difficult one. I think Nigeria will will sail through. And on the other hand, Algeria is expected to lock horns with Cameroon in the other group B tie. Litsuiti says Cameroon seems to be stagnant at the moment and yet he hoped Given their heroics in Italia 1990, the West African nation was going to be the first to reach the World Cup final, but that is not so. Well, down to administration. Our administrators to be professionals. You know, we have to know what we are doing. After all, you know, <laughs> it's the only way. I mean, you know, for administrators to up the stakes, we have to do what is right. I, I don't know. I don't know because I haven't watched them recently play. I haven't watched them recently playing. You know, I, I, I don't know what's happening to Cameroon. I mean, they, they, they started on the high note, but, uh, you know, they seem to be stagnant now, you know. I, I had, uh, you know, thought they'll be among the first African countries of the, to the finals of the World Cup, but that is not so. That's the Sport News this hour. 
Well, that's how we wrap it up. A reminder, if you want to contact us, you can do it via SMS. Our SMS number is very simple. It's plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. Or you can email us your thoughts at info at channelafrica.org. A reminder, African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. You're welcome to interact with us via Twitter at African Dialogue. That's our handle. And our Channel Africa handles are at African, at Channel Africa One. That's at Channel Africa One. And do stay in touch with us. We love hearing from you, our listener. Until next time, for me, Benjamin Mushatama, God bless.